Hello, and welcome to episode 142 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. First, a warm welcome to Ashley D., the newest member of the Modern Manager community. Together, we are building a community of managers who support each other, share ideas, and offer advice because we are all just trying to figure out how to create a positive work environment in which everyone can be their best, including us. If you are looking for a like-minded community because maybe your company just doesn't offer a lot of support or training, or maybe you are just super excited to learn from people outside of your typical network, or whatever is inspiring you, we would love to have you join the conversation. Go to themodernmanager.com slash join to learn more about the various membership options. Also, the Managing by Personality live interactive webinar series is open for registration. This course is all about building your skills to effectively work with the personality and preferences of each person on your team. You will learn how to identify various aspects of personality type simply by looking for the right cues, how to communicate with each type, and strategies that will reduce common frictions between types so that you increase productivity and engagement while making your job as a manager so much easier. The first session is on March 11th. Go to themodernmanager.com slash courses slash personality to learn more and register or find the link in the show notes. And because members of the Modern Manager community get 20% off of this course, if you become a member now, you will save more than the cost of membership when you register for the course. Now, today's episode is about questions. Questions are one of the most powerful tools that managers can use. They help us learn. They help us connect with people. They help us influence them and can even demonstrate respect and vulnerability. The key is to know what kinds of questions to ask and when to ask them. So let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. What is the difference between a statement and a question? Well, besides the grammar, to me, the difference is that a question invites a response. And that one little difference is extremely powerful. When we ask a question, it conveys that we want to hear what the other person has to say. This automatically signals that we don't know everything. And it implies that we respect them because we're asking for their ideas. We're asking for their thinking. Now, oftentimes we think of questions as a way to gather information, and that is absolutely one of the main reasons to ask questions. But questions can do a lot more than that. First, questions help us build relationships. We can use questions to get to know someone and demonstrate interest in them. We can ask questions that show we care about how they're doing or that we're thinking of them. Next, we have questions that help us think bigger and better. I can use questions to help me learn or elicit new ideas and perspectives from my team members. I can ask questions that foster creativity and vision or questions that drill down into the details. These questions can spark new thinking or just surface what would otherwise have gone unspoken. And along those lines, questions can help us get onto the same page. So often we make assumptions and fill in the blanks because we don't take the time to simply ask what the person really means or why they think the way they do. Good questions can foster shared understanding and empathy. And questions can also help open minds or persuade people to consider things they wouldn't otherwise consider. They can nudge our thinking down a specific path without triggering defenses. And they can facilitate someone else's thinking without being heavy-handed. Questions and your reaction to their answers also helps facilitate trust and psychological safety. 
Of course, there are a number of factors that contribute to both of those. But asking for someone's input and then responding with genuine appreciation, regardless of whether their response was what you wanted to hear or not, is absolutely part of it. If we never ask for other people's opinion or perspective, we're clearly saying that we don't care what they have to say. So why would they ever speak up? Plus, if we react negatively to their answers, why would they speak honestly? So it's both the act of asking and the act of receiving that matters here. And lastly, we can use questions to offer support and reduce tension. Instead of jumping in to fix something, we can ask if our help is desired. Same with feedback. Sometimes the simple gesture of asking a colleague if they would like your feedback or if they're open to it at this moment creates an openness that otherwise wouldn't exist. And same thing in tense moments. Asking questions like, what's running through your head right now, can bring a bit of calm into the room. So how do we use questions to do all of these amazing things and more? Well, first, let's look at a few different types of questions and how to use them effectively. First up is the infamous yes-no question. Yes-no or either-or questions create a black and white situation, leaving no room for nuance. In general, I recommend that we avoid these kinds of yes-no questions because they actually don't tell us very much. For example, if you've just explained to your new hire how to add a contact into your client portal, it might feel natural to ask, do you have any questions? But this is problematic for a few reasons. First, sometimes the context can create a feeling that there's a right answer. Should this person have questions or not? If they want to impress you as their new boss, they might feel that acknowledging that they have questions means that they couldn't keep up with you or that they're not competent to figure it out on their own. On the other hand, maybe they think that they should have questions because that shows that they were listening closely and they're preemptively thinking about where they might get stuck, which is a positive trait. Either way, whether they answer the question yes or no, it doesn't tell us much. So in general, reserve your yes or no questions for straightforward things like, was lunch delivered yet? Instead of yes or no questions, try replacing them with a ratings question. Instead of giving only a binary response, you now have a scale of one to five. And knowing the rating can help guide your follow-up questions. So if we go back to our earlier example of what to ask after you've finished explaining a process to an employee, imagine you said, on a scale of one to five, how prepared do you feel to enter a new client into the system? Now, this question isn't perfect. It still holds the same tension around what the person might feel is the right answer but it does give us a little more wiggle room. If they answer a four, you can explore what would get them to a five. They can show confidence and still have questions. Here are a few other examples of rating questions. How confident are you in this plan? How ready do you feel to get started? How concerned are you by that customer's feedback? How excited are you about this idea? How difficult do you think it will be to get this done on time? These scale questions lead naturally to why questions or tell me more questions. You're at a two in confidence? Why? What would it take to move you to a three or a four or a five? If a person said they think it's a four in terms of difficulty to get a project done on time, you can follow by asking, what specifically are you concerned about? Or if they had said a one, meaning they expected it to be pretty easy, you could still follow up by asking, what makes you so confident will be easy to stay on this timeline? In both cases, the number gives you the starting point for digging in deeper. So when you pair ratings questions with these open-ended follow-up questions, you have now got a magic combination. These open-ended questions are where the details come out and when the best thinking can be surfaced. Now, the thing about open-ended questions, though, is that what you ask will determine what answer you get. 
What I mean by this is that you're essentially asking for different things when you start your questions with why, how, and what. This may seem really obvious, but I've observed that many people, including myself, have a default preference for one of those types of questions. Our brain just naturally goes to that place. It's easy to see this in children. Some kids ask why a million times, while other kids barely do. Some kids ask how. They are obsessed with how does your voice get from one phone to another traveling through the air, or how do airplanes fly, while other kids just want to know the facts. What's the plan for today? What are we having for dinner? When are we leaving? When asking open-ended questions, it's more about being conscious of what you're asking for and whether you've asked the right question that will elicit useful information in that moment. And this plays out in a variety of situations, whether you're considering a new idea, planning an event, making sense of data, or trying to understand someone's perspective. To make this super simple, imagine a team member was late to a meeting. You could ask, why are you late? Or you could ask, what kept you from arriving on time? This might seem super nuanced, but when you ask, why are you late? You might hear an answer like, I lost track of time. But if you ask, what kept you from arriving on time? You might hear something different, like, I got caught up trying to finish a document that's due later this afternoon. There are moments when that kind of nuance doesn't matter, and there are moments when it does. Now, there are other times when you're not really asking for information or trying to understand something, but instead, you're seeking to spark new ideas or guide someone else's thinking. This is when asking, what if, how might, and why not can be powerful. I love this approach when coaching. Instead of sharing my own advice or telling someone, this is what I think you should do, I say, what if you tried X? Or why not try Z and see how it goes? Or even, how might you do Y? These types of questions gently encourage the other person to think and consider for themselves. Same thing goes for brainstorming. If you've run into a problem, a simple switch from how can we fix this to how might we fix this can make a huge difference in people's comfort level and sharing outside-the-box ideas. The last thing to consider when asking questions is your tone. How are you setting up the question to invite an honest and useful response? It's both what you ask and how you ask that matter. If you ask a great question, but it comes across as condescending or angry or rhetorical, you probably won't get the most useful answer. For example, if you just found out that a project is going to miss a deadline and you grab the project leader in a huff and say, why is project A behind schedule? You might come across a bit aggressively and put them on the defensive, in which case he may make excuses or try to hide things that might further upset you. On the other hand, if you calmly say, hey, I just heard we're going to miss that deadline for project A. What's going on and is there anything I can do to help? Now you've set a productive tone for the conversation. So to wrap up, I have a challenge for you. I want you to try to intentionally ask 10 questions today using these different kinds of questions. You could have relational questions or questions about work, but either way, be thoughtful in what type of question you ask and how you're asking it. And then notice what happens. Did you learn something new? How was the person's response different than what you might have expected otherwise? The mini guide for today's episode is available at themodernmanager.com slash miniguides. It contains an overview of the different types of questions and what they're each best suited for. To get the full guide to today's episode, which also includes some of my favorite sample questions to ask during specific situations, become a member of the Modern Manager community. 
members get to be part of a growing community of like-minded managers who support each other, along with getting access to discounts, bonuses, and members-only resources like episode guides to help you implement your learnings. Go to themodernmanager.com slash join. And if you want just this episode guide, you can purchase it and any other individual guide at themodernmanager.com slash shop. All the links are in the show notes, including the link to register for my upcoming course, Managing My Personality. And all those links can be sent directly to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Get on that list at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rockstar boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.